Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ready to Lead. We're so excited to have you and really excited about today's topic. It's a burning issue that's happening. There's a Ooh. pattern happening globally. Yeah, it, it's happening. I, I used it. You you'll, you'll, you'll get out. the pun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so without further ado, we're going to talk about burnout, hence mm. the burning issue. See, Richard knew what I was talking about, and the pun was just awesome. But it's real. And it, it's something that I'm seeing with many of my clients, their teams, again, across the world. This isn't just a isolated event. And we could, we could dive into why the burnout is, is happening, why people are feeling uh, a little bit more stressed, a little bit more tired, like the marathon isn't ending. Um, I don't think we need to delve into why that's happening. I think it's pretty clear from, from pandemic-related issues to once face-to-face to now virtual to lack of clarity of how we're going to grow, all the reasons. We, we won't dive into that. What, what we want to dive in today mostly is First, validating some burnout that's happening, then talking about a few stories that have occurred, then most importantly, discussing some really good activities and exercises that you can engage in to help first get your energy up and help you lead powerfully. And secondly, to lead your teams and help those that are that maybe or are struggling with burnout or just feeling disengaged. So, so Richard, as I, as I bring up the, the beautiful topic of, of burnout, as you and I talked about, what are the things we can, we can discuss? We both, we knew that resonated. In your mind, what do you think is going on in leaders' minds right now when it comes to burnout in general? How, how have you been feeling personally and or what do you think is happening in other leaders' minds right now? So burnout is one one big area that imposter syndrome tends to rear its ugly head, right? Mm -hmm. You get the, or at least I did, and maybe I'm alone. I don't think I am, but, but maybe it was just me and, and, and I need some soul searching, but it would always build if I was nearing burnout that I can't really say anything. I can't really even acknowledge it because it means that I'm not, I don't have the tools or the skills, or I'm not capable of the responsibility that I've been given. And I think the, I think the, the imposter syndrome, the shame, whatever you want to call it, I think that 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 embarrassment, that shame, that fear, that imposter syndrome is 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 kind of step one in dealing with it. So mm. I, I I have been feeling a bit, and I, I I think I think it's a great time to talk about it. And I love what you said. We need to talk about it on how do you deal with burnout as an individual? Like how do you yeah. it, whether you're an individual contributor? whether your contribution is managing others, like that is your contribution. Like you still have a job, right? There is a job that you are called to do, whether your, your, your entire job is, is management and leadership or whether you're a quote unquote working manager, meaning you have an area of the business that you own and you also own managing others. Like there is, there's an area of you dealing in burnout in you, then dealing in burnout in people that you're charged with leading I think it's also interesting to talk about dealing with burnout in peers and even dealing in burnout when you're, when you're managing up, right? What do you do when your manager, your leader is burnt out? You know it, maybe they haven't realized it. I think this is such a big issue 
because when burnout happens, it can be fractal, right? If you think about like the cascading or stair stepping of burnout, if I'm the, the, the top of the top, right? If I am the, the founder, the leader, the president, the CEO, whatever, and I get burnt out, and I don't deal with it effectively. Then I'm pushing down a lot of my responsibilities on that next level. And then they get burnt out. They don't deal with it effectively because I didn't model it effectively. Then they push it down to the next level. And then again and again and again, because it gets fractal. And then sometime up at the top, you go, what the hell's going on? Why is everybody <laughs> in such a bad mood? And it's like, look in the mirror, homie. It's right. you. So there's my like, yes, oh my gosh, yes, please let's talk about this. But let's acknowledge the areas of burnout that people I think don't talk about. And as the peer burnout, like how do you how do you deal with that? And the the managing up when your leader is yeah. burnt out. So love it. So uh, self burnout, peer burnout. Yeah. You, what you're gonna sit here and what and just fly you know, on the wall. This is my right. session now. Like I'm gonna have a coaching session here. Go ahead, coach. Yeah, here we go. Well, you nailed a few great things. And, and there are three levels of burnout. It's, it's internal burnout. It's the teams you're leading burnout. And it's burnout managing up, right? Mm-hmm. And that might be relevant for you in all, all aspects. It might, only two of those uh, aspects might be relevant. Only one might be relevant. But no matter what, one of those at least is going to be relevant to everyone listening. And, and so the first thing I want to do is just acknowledge the reality and, and validate that it's a season of funkiness. There's just a lot of, of ambiguity. There's a lot of things going on. But the more that we continue to label it as weird, label it as funky, label it as difficult, the more we're going to just flounder. Instead of just saying, yeah, it's different. Cool. How can I flip my mindset to say, now what do I learn from the, the different way of doing business versus saying, I hope, I wish it can go back. I'm kind of tired of this. That's part of the issue, I believe of just how we're thinking about it. Hey, what do you know? Mindset. It's almost like we always go back to mindset. And so, so I think just validating it together, then, then recognizing we have a choice of how we're going to respond to this. And before someone wants to reach through their podcast and punch me in the face to say, are you telling me to just put a happy face on? I, I, I feel you. I'm not necessarily solely saying that though. I am saying change your mindset because it'll help a ton, but I'm also saying, we do have a choice of how we show up and how we have our energy. So one, recognize, validate, there are some funky things, yes. Two, switch our mindset. Let's figure out what we can do and what opportunities are here now that wouldn't have been present had it been quote unquote business as usual. Because in new and unique and trying times is where character is truly developed, where where our best selves can show up. and. When, when it's really manifest in these tough times, this is when we can sh- stand up and go, wow, who, who am I? Because I actually misspoke. Our character is developed in quiet moments when nobody's watching. Our character is revealed in times of trial and in times of testing, which is what's happening right now. So then I go, all right, so what do I, what do, I do with that? And how am I coaching CEO clients around the world and other leaders in, in this moment? Uh, so first I'm validating. Second, I'm, I'm inviting them to change their mindset. Let's dig a little bit deeper in how to change your mindset. What I like people to do in this situation is pull out a piece of paper and, and have two columns, right? draw a line down the middle. And what I like people to do is on the left side, write what's frustrating them right now. There's a reason why there's power in getting it out of your head and writing it out, writing it out black and white or blue and white or whatever. It, it starts to put some peace to your minds instead of everything swarming in our head. So on the left side, 
what I like to do, just write down the crap, what's frustrating you, what's stressing you, and just get it out. Don't, don't have any, any filters, just let it flow and write, write, write. If you're a digital person, just do it on computer, whatever's best, just get it out of your head. Then let it sit and look at that. And then determine, okay, real, frustrating, annoying. This is why my energy is taxing. All right, great. Then I like to prioritize. In other words, I like to weight it. And I like to say, okay, which of these are, are really affecting me the most? Typically, the way our brains work, what we've already written, top three, are the things that are frustrating us the most. Not always, because sometimes something will come up, we'll realize, oh yeah, this is super annoying. So I like to put weighting on, on that list and maybe put you know a star system or a number system just to really highlight which of those things are really having the, the greatest impact on me negatively. Then step three in this exercise is on the right side, I like to flip it and say, okay, so here's the, the reality and the frustration. Is there any good in that situation? What am I learning from that? How am I growing? How am I getting stronger? How am I potentially getting more self-aware? Where's humility increasing in my life because of this? Where is there something to be grateful for in that crap list on the left? And, and this can take some, some time because sometimes we need time to just live in the, in the crappy situation and to feel frustrated. How long we live there is our choice. But I think skipping over and acting like everything is just fine probably isn't very healthy. Also living there and, and squatting there for a long time isn't healthy either. So find what's, what's best for you. But I, I recommend the sooner the better, finding the good in each of those items. Then write down what are those blessings, what are the gifts, what are the areas where we can be grateful and write those down as well. Then once you've done that, you've got two lists. Then you ask yourself, how am I going to choose to respond? That's it. Because the beautiful part of our wiring is we totally have a choice of how we respond to any situation. And it sounds super hokey, I know, but it's 100% true. And regardless of how difficult the situation is, there's always something to be grateful for. And there's always something to learn from. And there's always something that will make us be better if we so choose and if we so desire. So that's, our, that's the mindset exercise that I recommend doing when you just feel that burnout and frustration. Get all the frustrations out. Weight those in order of magnitude of what's affecting you the most negatively. Then pause a bit, maybe come back to it a few minutes later maybe meditate a little bit, whatever you need to do, get your head clear. Then on the right side, determine, all right, what am I learning and what am I grateful for? What am I given because of these opportunities on the left that are frustrating? And how am I then lastly, how am I going to choose to respond? So great exercise. I, I highly recommend get your mind dumped out and then choose to respond left or right. Totally up to you. And the beauty of it is we have the power to do to choose how, how we want to respond. So what thoughts come to you as you hear that, Richard? That sounds familiar. <laughs> it's like someone's walked me through that before, but I'm going through it. One of the things that was, that I'll just validate is getting it out there, right? And we're dealing with it one way or another, right? And, and we are either, we either feel guilty about it so we're not acknowledging it. We're hiding it. So we're not acknowledging Like there's a reason that we're not just acknowledging it head on. Like right, my whole thing right. is em embrace the suck. Just uh -huh. embrace it. Like let's uh -huh. acknowledge it. Let's, let's remove all 
um, let, let's remove all validation or, or, or self-identification from our feelings. Like a, a big thing is how you feel is neither good or bad. How you react to that emotion is where the positive or the negative comes in. And that's oh. what I, that's what I heard when you said you can choose how you decide. Like that's, that's something that I've been walking through with my children is like yeah. emotions are neither good or bad. They are just there. Our reaction to emotions is where the positive negative comes in and we get to choose our reactions. Now we have to train ourselves to do that, but, right. and, and that self-awareness and, and that takes reps, right. In, in being able to feel them when they're coming on and then being able to intentionally pause before we react, all those things take reps in, in self-awareness and self-control. But one thing that, that helps for me uh, as I'm going through this process as well is to acknowledge has, have I already solved this problem? Is this a season? Like those two questions, a lot of the times we have, we have put a solution in place and it still sucks. Hmm. So our brain hasn't connected those two, right? Our brain right. has not acknowledged the fact that, yeah, we fixed it. We fixed it and now we're in the wait for the suck to stop. Kind of, <laughs> that's, that's the season we're in. There's nothing we can do to change it. We just kind of have to wait it out. Or it's a season and we just kind of have to wait it out. Our, our brains can sometimes get stuck in this, I need to fix it. I need to do something because the pain is still present. That like acknowledging that, that season, acknowledging what stage we're in of that frustration is big for me to yeah. go in and say like, this is taking up 70% of my frustration. I believe that I'm two to three weeks away from pain alleviation, but mm -hmm. there's nothing I can do. I've already done it, or it just is running its course or whatever the case may be. Like there's three weeks left in this. Sometimes just saying that gives the relief. Yeah. Just acknowledging the fact that, oh, okay, there's not actually anything I can do, but wait it out. Mm -hmm. Got it. How do I choose to right. respond? I'm going to kind of ignore it. I'm going to be indifferent right. to it. I'm going to acknowledge that it stinks, but I'm going to acknowledge that it's almost over. I'm going to choose right. to focus on the time remaining coming to an end versus another day. That's where that mindset right. comes in. Another totally. day where it just sucks. I'm going to trudge right. through this because here or one less day. Yeah. Point is, is we it? intentionally choose, right? Right. And instead of being passively acted upon, we act. We choose to actually do something about it. And what if I like how you said, I love the verbalization out loud to say, okay, three, three more weeks. There's something about that. What if, in many situations, there is no end in sight and we don't know what that end looks like? Then what do we say? And so I, I agree in the power of verbalizing something. And, and I like to be able to say something like, I don't know when the end is, but regardless, I'm going to get better through this, whatever that end looks like. But talking to ourselves in an intentional way is helpful. Why? Because we're already talking to ourselves. Subconsciously, it's just a tape that keeps on running and has our entire lives. But the more aware we can get of what words we're actually saying in our minds, the, the, more, the more effective we can be in the long term. Otherwise, we keep feeding ourselves negative stories, all sorts of negative self-talk, all sorts of issues that are impacting us on a compound effect if we're not careful. We need to stop those tapes, erase them, and replace them with something more powerful. So that's part of the mindset. So one, we acknowledge and validate. Oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Okay. okay. One, acknowledge and validate. We've got the burnout. Stop, stop denying it. Stop uh, guilting yourself. Just it's real. It's here Two, check your mindset. 
look at what we can do to to see the positive in the in the difficulty that we're having relabel it rename it whatever you need to do and then do that exercise of dumping the negative on the left weighting that then dumping the positive on the right then asking yourself how will i choose to respond so those are steps one and two step three now is so then what how do, how do i make sure that that's enduring this is where i go down to purpose both individual purpose why you are why you exist on this planet and your company purpose why the company exists what what greater good are you trying to accomplish so it might beg the question for some i don't know if i've ever really articulated that for myself or for my business so if that's you no shame no guilt no blame at all just a great action item to dig deep to determine what what is my purpose why am i here on this earth if you believe in a higher power then spend some time there. If you believe in meditation solely, spend some time there. If you believe in, in being in nature, whatever it is to help you get your mind clear, start asking questions. What is it? What are your gifts? What energizes you? What activities do you do that when you're done, you're more excited versus drained? And conversely, what activities do you do when you afterwards, you need to take a two hour nap because you're just dead. Those are good indicators of of what your gifts are and what you're really born to do. And in the little, little hack to the system, a good rule of thumb is if you do something that you think is totally normal that everybody else can do and people tell you it's a big deal and you think, what's the big deal? Good indicator that you're onto something. Because what, what comes naturally and powerfully for you, you think, we, we think as human beings that that's how everybody is in that particular skill set. But when people are telling you, man, you do that in a way that I, I could never do. And you think, no big deal. Listen to that. Quick story. I had an aunt one time who truly believed she, I said had, cause she's passed away, but she truly believed that she had no good, no skills, nothing, no, no merits or accomplishments or, or tangible talents that she could measure comparatively to others. And so she felt like, I don't really have anything to give. And she was sharing this with my mom one day and my mom was blown away listening to her because she heard like how sincerely sad this person was that she truly believed she didn't have the gifts. Now, pause the story. This is the aunt that when you come into her home, every person, whether your family or not, immediately feels at home. They immediately feel loved they immediately feel accepted in a way that they just can't help but stay away because they, they or stay stay close because they don't want to go away because they feel so good about themselves when they're around her why because she's amazing at asking questions about you about genuinely being concerned and and interested in you to the level that you know it's authentic there's no like oh this is just small chat she's just totally dialed into you to where you feel like a million bucks when you talk to her so my mom has this backstory going on of like, are you kidding me? Shirley, like her name is Shirley. And yes, call her Shirley because she is Shirley. But sure, she, she's like, Shirley, you can't be serious. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she said, your greatest gift is helping people feel loved in a way that is so deep and so authentic. They can't help, but they, they have to be around you. Haven't you noticed? And she just totally was discrediting it because it's so natural to her. Her gift is helping people feel deeply, truly loved. And in my opinion, I don't know if there's a greater gift 
on the planet than that. But she overlooked it. Why? Because it was so natural to her. It just came so intuitively that she didn't even think that there was anything big about it because it was so natural to her. So therefore, it's natural to everybody else. Not the case. So look inside of what gifts do you have that lots of times people tell you they're a gift, but you don't, you discredit them. Listen to that. That helps us get to a deeper purpose personally of why we're on this planet. The more we can tap into our individual and company purposes, the more that we can be re-energized, refocused, and re-engaged back into our work. But when we forget the greater why, a lot of times that's one of the re reasons why burnout continues because we forget our, we, we lose our way. And as Michael Hyatt has said before, no, I think it was uh, Maxwell said, when we lose our why, we when we lose our way, we lose our why. And when we lose our why, we lose our way. Right? They, they both go hand in hand. And I totally agree with that. So here's what, here's where I'll jump in for a second. Because for me, when I hear this and I'm in burnout, I'm like, peace, just stop <laughs> for the love totally. of all this. Holy, I've got a to-do list that is 10 miles long. And you want me to figure out my why my why is because I'm busy. Yeah. Right. That's where my mind goes. And, yeah. and so I love have it. to, I have to reverse things a little bit because every, I believe everything Jeff is saying. I know it to be impactful. I know it to have, I, I have, I have, I have felt what going through this process results in. I still can't start there. I just can't. Totally. I can't. Mm -hmm. My brain doesn't Especially work. Especially when way. you're in burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. When I'm in burnout, the last thing I want to do is just pontificate, right? right? I just, let's get introspective. Let's figure mm -hmm. this out. I can't. I just want to punch the person in the face. Sorry, Jeff, who's telling me that? <laughs> I was like, you don't understand. I'm stupid busy. Like, I don't have time to do stuff to figure out the frustrations. My frustration mm -hmm. is my to-do list. So right. there's my brokenness. That's where I go. Don't believe I'm alone. So let me tell you, like, how I get, how I buy myself the focus to go through the process that Jeff is, 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 is laying out because I know it's impactful. And I just have to get my brain to allow me to get there. Love For it. me, it all starts with a to-do list. Right. For me, it all starts with a task list. For me, I, I feel like my brain is a bit of a computer. And at some point, it just can't run any more processes because it's got too many open processes. And then I just get stuck. Everything takes longer. Nothing actually gets done. I'm opening another browser tab, but I'm never closing any, whatever the computer analogy you want to go down is. So for me, I've got to get out of that before I can actually deal with kind of the why. Right. Mm -hmm. So I always start everything with either with, with one of two things, depending on how deep in it I am. Like if we were waiting tables, how in the weeds are you, right? So for those of you that have been in the service industry, there's a little throwback uh, to you. But like, how bad am I in it? If I'm in it just real bad, then I just do a brain dump. Uh, for me, I like a whiteboard. That is my, you know, that is my canvas. And I literally in no order whatsoever write out every single thing that I'm either doing, need to do, think I should be doing, everything that's somewhere in here. And I there is no there is no categorization. No by personal or professional, by prioritization, just dump everything out. Get it all out on a whiteboard. Get it all out on whatever your canvas is. And I'll tell you there have been times where I have moved to another whiteboard. 
and I wasn't working with a small canvas, right? It's a lot of dumping. <laughs> it's a lot of brain dump. So brain dumps powerful. Jeff talked about a brain dump for emotion. I'm talking about before, if you can't quite get there, if you're like that woo woo, whatever, I'm not there. Right. I'm just busy. This is how you get to the point to where you can deal with the emotion that is, that is actually causing a lot of this, but we got to deal with it tactically first. So brain dump, dump it all out, paper, digitally, whiteboard, whatever the heck it is, dump it out. Then take a breath, right? You're going to feel shoulders drop. You're going to feel a couple of things, but the first thing you're going to feel is like you accomplished something. You didn't. You just acknowledge that you feel like you're overwhelmed because you're trying to do too much. So I guess that's accomplishing something, but at least now you see, you, you see the overwhelm in some sort of physical form and you go, well, yeah, any person would be overwhelmed by the amount of things that I'm either doing, intend to do, think I should be doing, I'm feeling bad about not doing. So, so take a second and just breathe in a sense of relief. Now, the next thing I go through is categorizing those things, right? So I don't. I still don't move them into personal or professional because I. One of the things that Jeff talks about a lot is work-life integration. We don't actually have two different people, right? We don't have work Richard, home Richard. We have right. Richard. There's no more nine to five, eight to five. We just have when we're awake and when we're asleep, and and even that changes depending on the season. So right. I don't separate home and work. You may choose to. For me, it doesn't like. I, I don't compartmentalize like that. But now I'm going to take that task list and I'm going to uh, go through and put a grid, right? Four sections, the four D's, right? Do, defer, delegate, and delete. Do, defer, delegate, and delete. I'm going to plot everything on that list. Should I do it? Should I defer it? Should I delegate it? Should I delete it? Drop it. Just don't do it. Sometimes just being like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. It's not important right now. It may not be important at all. At some point, it was a, a pending or cued process in my brain, and it got stuck there. Maybe I don't remember why. Maybe I look at it now and go, that's a really dumb idea. Mm -hmm. But now what I'm left with is a couple of boxes that I need to focus on. And starting with the do. So in the do, I go through and go, okay, now the next thing for me, I got to get a quick win. I believe in momentum. I believe in one of the forces that is that is 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 ever present in life. There are two. There is momentum and, and there is resistance. And and if you've ever read Stephen Pressfield's The The War of Art or the or Do the Work, he talks a lot about this. And and I believe it's there. Like if if you're a sports fan, if you like football, there's something about like you put a new quarterback in, he's gonna hand the ball off, he's gonna throw a swing pass, he's gonna throw short passes. You want to get the momentum. You want to get the confidence. So I look at my do list and I get something done that's going to take me 30 minutes or less that I have everything I need to do. Now what I've done is I've got a brain dump. I've acknowledged that, wow, that's a lot. I've categorized it. And now I've cut it down by usually, uh, let's say it's worst case scenario. I'm looking at 15 or 20% of what was on my to-do list that actually matters, that I actually should be doing, that I actually should be doing right now. And now I've gotten some momentum because I've checked something off. Like checking awesome. boxes matter. So that for me gets me in the mindset to go, okay, 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 I can breathe. Now I go in looking at all of these things, 
where are my frustrations and let's plot them. So I have a step before I get to Jeff's because I'm just a creature of logic mm. that, that just, I am. And I say a creature, like I am, I am almost handcuffed by my analytical process driven side. And I, and, and that's the self-awareness. So if you're looking at this, you're like that won't work for me one it will, what nuanced things do you need to do first? Like how, who are you? Like, how do you, how do you work? Like, what do you have to do to get you in a place to try something new or to be able to work above, not in? Right. That's what I want those of you who are skeptical when you're hearing this to say is like, it's not that won't work. It's not, I can't do that. It's not that won't give me relief. It's what needs to be true in order for me to be able to do that. For me, it's task oriented brain dump. Then I go through Jeff's process. And then one of the things that I add on to make sure that I'm not only focused on self, because that is the other thing. Like we get focused on self and our own overwhelm and like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so this, I'm so this, I'm so this. And self-talk, right? Self-speak, right? All of that, it matters, but also what we're focused on. So when I look at my frustrations, now I've got my task list and it also helps me clarify my frustrations. Maybe my frustrations are self-imposed. Maybe I say something really dumb that probably every leader and definitely every entrepreneur or business owner has said, like, why am I the only one doing any work? (laughs) Well, because you're hoarding it all, idiot. (laughs) Maybe I look at my delegate list and go, oh, no matter what I'm feeling, it's wrong. In this case, it is wrong. Who I should be frustrated with is me because I'm not delegating. So the task list, the, the four D's kind of of time management process helps me realize before I talk about my frustrations, are they logical? Yeah. Are they misplaced? Because maybe who I should be frustrated with me. But the next question I ask after I identify my frustrations is how are other people feeling? Because mm-hmm. if I can identify that, I'm frustrated no one else is doing anything. Why am I the only person putting in 12 hours? Why am I the only mm-hmm. person doing this? And then I flip it and I go, Man, I bet if I'm my team, I'm going, why doesn't he trust me enough to give me that task? Totally. Why am I not involved in this? Go ahead. I'm going to break in real fast because before you get to other people, I I, I think it's fascinating what just happened organically. And those that are listening probably picked this out. And if you didn't, I, I want to just underscore this. Notice how we both approach the situation and how what works for me and many of the clients that I work with, I, I shared. And that works for Richard if he does a couple other steps beforehand. In other words, there's no one perfect way to do something. There's no one perfect way to lead. There isn't a, here's the leadership manual, here's what everybody does, which is one of the reasons why leadership is difficult. But hopefully that also gives us some a breath like of relief to go, okay, I can do it the way that's more, most authentically mine. And I can show up that way. But Richard, Richard saw it a little differently and likely resonated really powerfully with a lot of you where what I was sharing probably didn't connect with some, maybe many. But see, that's the beauty of marrying emotion and logic, why he and I are doing the, the podcast together, because we, we see the world differently and we want to have additional guests that see the world differently as well so that we can connect with all leaders of all shapes and sizes across the world Versus just one way of thinking, because there isn't just one way that's quote unquote, the right way. It just isn't. So that was just a little meta moment within within this leadership conversation, that there are different ways of looking at problems, different ways of processing different personalities. 
know who you are, know where you resonate and know the people real well enough that you're leading well enough, which is why I want to pause before we go to now, what, how do we work through this with other people? Because we got to know the other people that we're leading as well, just as well as we know ourselves. So thank you. That was a really cool meta moment. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, and I'll tell you, it's a great segue because where a lot of this came from wasn't just my resistance or hesitation or like, and I say resistance more emotionally than intellectually, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. I did yeah. not have an intellectual problem with the process or it just, it didn't, wasn't working. There was something that wasn't getting there. So the next step was when I want to walk someone else through this process, I did not feel like I could start with, so list out your frustrations and tell me what percent, like there was just something there mm -hmm. at the time that didn't feel organic for me. It felt, it felt depending on the relationship, almost a little too, a little kind of a, a little too intimate to speak at that, like at that emotional level. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's my introversion. Maybe that's, maybe that's just management philosophy or, or maybe it was just, I, I really didn't have a, a, a real connection with that, that person that I was attempting to help at the same time. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the task base starting is also unemotional. Yeah. So for me, when I'm walking people who are, are going through overwhelm, through a process, it's also much easier for me to start with kind of that task-based, unemotional aspect, lead them to this and then go, okay, so let's like categorize these into these areas. Now let's talk about of all of this stuff, where are you stuck the most or the most frustrated? What would alleviate the most of this? So I use it as a, as a walk into the way that I lead other people. Like this is how I walk people that I'm charged to lead through coming out the other side of, of overwhelm, because sometimes right. you just shouldn't be over. You're overwhelmed and it's, and it's, it's, it, it, you're, you're only overwhelmed because of yourself either. Right. You've told yourself you need to do things that don't need to be done. You're right. still doing things that no longer have any real impact or effect on the company, the team, the customer yourself. And yeah, I don't, so it's self-imposed. So sometimes yeah. overwhelm just is because you haven't let go. Sometimes right. overwhelm is real. If it starts with acknowledging the things that make us feel that way, then acknowledging the feelings. For me, that works personally, but it also works when I'm when I'm walking those people that I'm charged with leading through this process because I don't have to start with an, from an emotional standpoint. Totally. What, what the, the salient point there is, regardless of which avenue we take that's more natural for our personality and the way that we lead and more natural for the person that we're leading, we need to do it with ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Right. Managing we, we've got to, yeah, we've got to get our mindset right first. And if, if we don't know how to do that, that can be the tricky part. It's why we've created this podcast to help leaders have, have an, an outlet and different ways to learn. That's why coaching exists out there. That's why different books are out there. But it's important that we as leaders acknowledge where we have our issues because we all do humbly acknowledge it and just accept that versus denying it or, or acting like if I, if I admit that and I show vulnerability, it'll show weakness. No, it's all good. And then asking for help, whatever that is, if it's a peer group, if it's someone you report to, if it's someone that reports to you, if it's a family member, if it's a friend, if it's a counselor, if it's a therapist, if it's a coach, whoever it is, it's critical that we as leaders get our hearts and minds right. It's so difficult to lead others when we can't lead ourselves. 
And, and, and I, I think I, I want to end with that point that if you continue to feel the burnout, stop the cycle, acknowledge it, validate it, work on your mindset, ask for help, go deeper on your purpose, whether that's a logical perspective, you got to get the task down or whether that's emotional perspective or what fuels you, whatever it is, change the cycle, break it up. Because the burnout happens when we just continue to stay on the, on the hamster wheel with no end in sight, with no change in how we think or how we act, and we continue to spiral downward. Oh, another little golden nugget. When's the last time you took a vacation? No, like really a vacation where you unplugged for a day or seven or 10 and just didn't think about work. But I can't, Jeff, you don't know my position. You don't know what situation I'm in. You don't realize fill in the blank. I promise you, I can empathize with any situation you just put into your mind. And I can tell you for, on the other side, if you don't learn how to stop and breathe and take a, a, take a break, it will never get better. But we've got to give ourselves some space and some grace to just take some time off. So that's another little, little golden nugget. Just, just for an additional thing there, maybe it's not a vacation. Maybe you are not energized by vacations. And going back to something that Jeff said earlier what energizes you and what doesn't yeah you need to know that you need to know mm -hmm. what energizes you like both professionally and personally so we we don't always have the the luxury of saying here are the things that that drain me from an energy standpoint professionally here are the things that fill me up professionally so i'm just going to not do the things that drain me because <laughs> well i don't like them they drain me they're tough they're right. tough guess what Sometimes you got to do them. A right. lot of times you got to do them. You can't, what we're not, we're, we are not saying like, just figure out what, what makes you feel good and only do that. That's not life. I'm sorry. If, right. if, if that's a realization <laughs> to you, like I, I hope you're a very young listener, but what does fill you up? Maybe it's not a vacation. Maybe vacations are, are just super, they give you angst. Maybe it's a lot of anxiety and like, where do I go? And I got to book all this and we got to travel and that's annoying. And, and I have planes and hotels and maybe vacations are not energizing for you. What is, is it fishing? Is it bowling? Is it roller skating? Is it skiing? Is it skateboarding? Is it like, yeah. what, what is energizing to you? And if you can come up with like, you can't take a vacation every other week. So even if it is a vacation, how often do you need to take a vacation? But what right. are the things that you can do? Every day, those are usually like 15 minutes or less that will give you that hit of, of, of energy, that like small bump of refill of that energy level. What are the things that you need to do once a week that maybe are a little bit more of a time investment, but give you a little bit more energy back? What are the things you need to do once a month? Becoming self-aware and, and both of how you're energized and how often you need to do those things and that energy level, like if you can keep your battery full, not because it's not being drained, but because it's also being refilled, mm -hmm. that is where you start to master yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's where I would challenge you. Like, what are those what, every a vacation? Great. Like, yes, definitely take a vacation and take a real one. Like when's the last time you didn't take your computer on a vacation mm -hmm. and I don't care about Netflix. Like figure it out, <laughs> like watch it on your phone. Doesn't matter. All the TVs have it now anyway, but when's the last time you didn't do that? But we all know that. And that's hard to do. What's something you could do today 
What's something you could do today in 15 minutes that would fill you up 5%? If you were a battery and you were at 20%, what's something you could do in 15 minutes or less that would take you to 25? What's something you could do this week that would take you from 25 to 40? What's something you could do this month that would take you from 40 to 85? Et cetera, et cetera. What do you need to do every day, every week, every month, every quarter, every year? How often do you need to do it? And where can you start to refill when you acknowledge that you're drained? Yeah. That's what Point you got to do. Yeah, break the cycle. Yeah. Break the burnout cycle. That's what we're, what we're harping on right now. Uh, because when you're in the grip, when you're in that whirlwind, when you're in that cycle, whatever word you want to use, it's so hard to see it. It's so hard to recognize it because the reality that you've painted for yourself is there's no other option. We're trying to wake you up from that reality right now to say there is a different way. Get off the hamster wheel, break the cycle, change it up, find out what really invigorates you, what really drives you, whatever, what, what really helps you. And to, to the to point you made before, how are others around you needing it as well? How can you serve them? Think outside of yourself. Once you've got yourself in a place of healthy stability, now serve other people. Get that oxygen mask on yourself first then go share that oxygen with everybody around you and serve and uplift and empower them. That is our invitation today, ultimately. But hopefully this has been helpful for all of you listening. We'd love your feedback on what other practices you have done or discovered in your life that have helped you eliminate or at least help with the burnout that you might be feeling and other questions you might have around, around burnout, anything specific. So shoot us an email at feedback at readytolead.com. We'd love to hear your input. Also, if there's something we shared that you say, you guys are totally off the mark, you totally are wrong. We love that too. We like to learn. We want to be, we want to be proven wrong in many ways because we're not right in everything, in many things, and that's okay. We're always leading. We're always learning how to be ready to lead every day. That's why it's an, it's an, it's a summitless mountain, this thing called leadership. And what we want to help you do every day with this podcast that you listen is to help you be ready to lead that day and when you wake up. So thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Keep on serving. Keep on helping your people and have an awesome day. See you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into, or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough, or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know. Send them an email at feedback at readytolead.com. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll see you on the next one.